We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Rotor Riders? Dean here. It's Dean 7904 in the uh, DFS circles. Once again, we're back for the NFL Pick 6 show. It's 9 o'clock on the dot on the East Coast on a Wednesday night. As usual, two of the sharpest minds of all, all of NFL fantasy football, all of DFS, uh, batting first, leading off, John Daigle uh, from Roto World. How are things uh, How are things in your world? How was, I mean, we don't really look back so much, but sure, why not? Let's live it again. How, how bad was Week 10 for you? Hopefully not as bad as it was for me. Uh, it was not good, but it wasn't bad. Uh, it barely bubble, right? Playing with um, the chalk in the morning slate and did not uh, late swap properly as we talked about in the last one. But yeah, by the way, is this my Wi-Fi that's messed up or is this the new program? Because we're changing programs here in week 11. I don't know what's going on right now. I don't, well, you know, when you, when you can change programs in week 11, you just you gotta, gotta do, it. do it. You gotta do it. Listen, anytime you oh. can pull Jake Luton off the bench, you go to him. You gotta do it. That voice you hear is uh, Rich Rebar, of course, Shark Football Analysis. Hopefully we're coming through and everybody can see us on YouTube. What's up, YouTube? Like and subscribe. We do appreciate that. I'm going to do my best to keep an eye on chat. I know most of the guys in chat are probably watching the NBA draft. Uh, that is also worth noting if you guys watch this in the repeat. Anything we're talking about? It is Wednesday. We always say this. We always stress this. Wednesday, it's kind of sort of an early look. Uh, lots of things change throughout the week. Uh, so, yeah, understand if we speak, uh, you know, watching on Friday and something's changed. Yeah, that's why, because it's not live necessarily. Uh, so, Rich, this is like kind of a uh, – we'll talk – we'll break down the three games as we normally do. Uh, three games, we kind of branch out and talk about players for like the different positions. But this is uh, kind of a throwback week in that there's no 57, 58, 59, 55 total – the biggest total on the board is 51. We'll be talking about that in a second. That's one of the three games that actually hit the board. I was two out of three, by the way. Not bad uh, as far as uh, as far as guessing the three games we're going to focus on. I didn't want to talk about Green Bay and Indianapolis because I, 
I really don't like to talk about Indianapolis, but I'm going to yield to you guys. That'll be fun for sure. Well, he's, just, he's dunking on you, Daigle. Just dunking on you. The third game I struggled with. Like, wait until we get to the third game. <laughs> well, that kind of speaks to my point as an overall, like, this slate, like, the two be- you can argue the two best games that are being played this week are not on the main slate. Uh, of course, we don't talk about the, the Thursday night football, which is Arizona-Seattle, which would be an absolute blast. 57.5 as far as that total. Sunday night, KC-Vegas, 56.5. We don't talk about that. Have a good time on the showdown slate. You'll find some content, Rotogriders, for that for sure. Hey, get yourself uh, some content here at RG. $5 off their first month. Devin, our fabulous multitasking producer, go ahead and drop that link in chat for the people. Uh, that's for your core for football, baseball, basketball, and golf. Basketball right around the corner. Draft going down tonight. Season starts next month. It's like it just ended. It's amazing. I can't wait, though. Uh, no Rams, no Bucks. as far as the teams on by. It's Buffalo, the Bears, the Giants, who may or may not be fighting amongst the coaches. Who knows what's going on there? And the 49ers. Yeah, so Rebar, uh, this week, we'll, again, we'll break it down as far as the games, but there's nothing to get terribly enthused about. Am I wrong in saying that? <laughs> no, I mean, well, listen, we're creatures of habit, just like, you know, us switching this program that we use to do this show. Uh, we, we gravitate every Sunday where when we open up the main site, we all like to see just main site pricing. And we gravitate immediately to, by now, 10 weeks in, on our 11th week, we go to first. Who are the Seattle Seahawks playing? Oh, they're not on the main slate. All right, cool. Who are the Arizona Cardinals playing? Oh, they're on Thursday. All right, well, we got the Bills, right? No, nah, Bills are on by. Oh, Chiefs, cool. No, nah, they're not there either. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, we're creatures of habit. Those, All those teams are gone. Those are the teams we orbit, you know, every week. Like, where are our core plays? We typically go there. Uh, the running back position has gotten really weird as the season has progressed because we've lost a lot of just, like, apex running backs along the way and we're really down to kind of just two guys at this point uh you know so you know we've got dalvin cook like price, price this has to be the most expensive dalvin cook's ever been uh on either site uh and then you know we've got alvin Kamara, tried and true but other than that like there's just not a lot of place to go with these these big ducats man you know uh it, it, you, we're looking for these running backs to play and if you can't jam both of those guys in uh, there are at least some running back plays a little, a little bit, but this is, I, I think cheap wide receiver is, is tough this week, and maybe you guys will have some gems to unlock some Pandora's box for me. But uh, right now, cheap wide receivers are where I'm struggling to find. But you hit the nail on that. We've we've lost those core teams that we've built around all year because they're the games that have been high scoring and shootouts, and uh, they're not on the board this week. Yeah, if it was the year like 2015, you'd be excited about AJ Green is 3.6k and Ty Hilton's what 4.2k dk specific but it, it's the year 2020 and those guys i uh, Dagle, who's dustier if you're gonna have a dust off <laughs> aj green or ty hilton doesn't aj green have what 19 yards something like that in his last 10 targets the past two weeks <laughs> and then ty hilton has yet to we'll talk about ty hilton when we get there but ty hilton of course hasn't exceeded 70 yards or scored a touchdown in any game this year pretty much has been passed up on the depth chart now by a guy i'm sure we'll discuss so I mean, that's that's the thing about 2020 is that we know we can avoid these guys safely no matter what DraftKings continues doing to their pricing. <laughs> J.D. McKissick looks like A.J. Green. is like, dude, you got to get some more yards per catch, man. Uh, we'll talk about him too, which is going to be a lot of fun as well. He's him and his, what, 29, 29 uh, looks, the targets the last two weeks, give or take. It's been a lot. Find somebody to like you the way uh, – love you the way Alex Smith loves him. So, 
some JD McKissick. 51% target share in the first half of that game. Uh, luckily, they realized <laughs> that's why they were losing by 21 points and stopped throwing to him in the second half and then started to score touchdowns. Uh, but, you know. We get a hey, Silva hey, appearance <laughs> mid-show, too, by the way. We got a Silva appearance? I don't have the video on. He just put the bunny ears on me. He walked by purposely right now. Anyways. <laughs> I heard a dog barking too. Is that your? Is that a situation going on in your house as well? That was either daughter or groceries being put down. There's a lot going on in this house right now. Don't worry about it. It's the last. It's the last pick six of the Silva Manor era. By the way, I'm out of oh. here on Friday, so a sad night. But nonetheless, we're gonna get through. It was a good run. Oh uh, no! First game. <laughs> Most exciting game on the board, I think. I guess. Sure. It's why Thanksgiving. not? Thanksgiving. Leaving before Thanksgiving. Oh, we got it. We got family to attend to, but yeah. Anyways, we can move on now. <laughs> Atlanta versus the Saints. Uh, 15 and a half is the total. Uh, second highest total on the board as of Wednesday night. Uh, Drew Brees, we're expecting he's going to be out. Jameis, well, let's talk about this situation. And I guess, you know, people always talk about, hey, you guys don't talk about Fandle. And I try. We try to, but like, it's, it feels like DK just sort of like gets the bulk of the conversation in the industry for whatever reason. I play both sites. You guys dabble as well, too. But we're going to talk about Taysom Hill, of course, not so much on DK, unless somehow he's announced as a starter and they're still kind of playing coy. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> tight ends. This is where we're starting, Rebar. Sure, why not? Uh, we'll talk about the quarterback situation, talk about Jameis, and then talk about Taysom No good tight ends. The two best tight ends are on Sunday yeah. night. <laughs> and, and even calling Waller, I hate saying there's like two good tight ends too because the gap from Waller to Kelsey is still so gigantic. Uh, in PPR leagues, Travis Kelsey has outscored Darren Waller by 51 points. Darren wow. Waller, 51 point gap is to the tight end 20. So, like, it's not even like I hate even c c including Waller with Kelsey because it's like so far, Kelsey's so far above him, too. But yeah, the, the position sucks and no one wants to play anybody. So, why not play a guy like Taysom Hill? You know, why not? No one, no one even wants to play like Mark Andrews and he's a tight end five overall in the entire <laughs> year. It's just, it's a disaster. Yeah, position. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, last week, the t highest scoring tight end scored 13 PPR points in fantasy yeah. football. Uh, it was a disaster. Uh, but, yeah, so why not play a guy like Taysom Hill who already has more rushing attempts and rushing yards? What is going on? What? Is I don't, what is, I don't know this. So, Do I have it muted? Is the mic muted? No. no. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. He's having a blast a right compactor going on. The cars <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I had it muted. What the – I don't know how to work this new program. Like, this is a disaster. I feel like Devin's just like Usually we drops. have the mic muted. There's a whole thing going on here. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Is this yeah, I mean, there's there's a hootenanny going on over there. Like, <laughs> breaking. And someone's bo breaking bottles back there. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's a sign. Maybe that's the show sign that the Taysom Hill is either going to be a terrible play or go off. But he can't be worse than the tight ends you've already played. He already has more rushing attempts and yards than he had all of last season. And you can just play him with Winston and kind of cover both – both worlds of, you know, hey, because I think Winston has got, you know, some sketchiness to him. If you see, like, the end of last week's game, are they going to pull him in the red zone? Are they going to get cute like they've done all year? Uh, use Taysom Hill maybe a little bit more, and maybe that ruins your kind of, you know, DK, you know, chalky play or cheap quarterback. But on Fatal, there's no really risk in that, in playing Jamison Cash, because uh, you could pair him with Taysom Hill, and there's not really you know any any lop off there, whereas you can't do that on DraftKings. So everyone that wants us to talk about FanDuel, this is your time 
Taysom Hill is only tight end eligible on FanDuel. So and here also we go. he's gonna come in what like 30, 40% rostered <laughs> at the stone minimum. There's no opportunity cost, right? Like, you know, no. who are you missing? There's no FOMO. Like who, who, who maybe Andrews, I suppose Andrews is still shows flashes. And like I, I kind of want to make Lamar happen. Like 25 on you here. Uh, also, how much do you just hate fun if you play Mark Andrews over Taysom Hill at the tight end? Like you just hate your life. Just play Taysom Hill. We and we live in the world of salary cap. We talk about Dalvin Cook, you know, who's a 10.5k on FanDuel, and it's just not super easy. Just kind of slide him in there. We don't, you know, Mike Davis, despite the fact being terrible, got a big bump. So there's no like quote unquote like I don't want to say lock because obviously it wasn't. It didn't kind of work out for us. But it's it's a process over results, I suppose, right? Well, so you, you talked about rebar. You talked about Jameis and Cash. Is that something we're doing? Because I am concerned that he's going to get pulled, especially on the five, on the ten, on the goal line, and get the hook for you know for Taysom and. Uh, you know, the matchup is great. Obviously, you got him in a dome against Atlanta. Atlanta, not a good pass defense as far as the DVOA. What, 28th against the pass? They're giving good against the run for what it's worth, seven. Uh, so you'd imagine, you know, he's well positioned. And you, last week, he did try to hit the ball to Mike Thomas a, a, a couple times, and it didn't work out, uh, which is totally tilting because I had way too much Thomas. But again, forward thinking show. Uh, <laughs> is is Jameis our, our, uh, is he our de facto cash guy as of Wednesday night? Or, you know, look. I hate to say Lamar, but Lamar I think is interesting again because there's some floor, and I swear the ceiling's there. I'm promised. I'm told. I've seen it happen before. Uh, well, where are you at as far as Winston and your confidence level? Well, I don't. I don't think he's a lock for cash. I was just saying if you wanted to play him in cash because he's cheaper, you know, he's a cheaper option that you have the benefit of Fanduel at least not having to. You can hedge, you know, with Taysom Hill, whereas you don't have the opportunity. Uh, on DraftKings. So like there's at least if you could talk yourself into Atlanta allowing 18 or more fantasy points to every quarterback they've faced outside of just one game. And Teddy probably was going to get there. You know, that game got crazy rain in the second half and then he got knocked out for a couple drives. Uh, he probably, he had a really good strong first half of that game. Uh, but you know, if you want to go there, I think that if, you know, obviously the, the just the main cash guys are going to be Watson and Cam Newton. Uh, at least on site like FanDuel, especially Cam Newton, uh, maybe on uh, DraftKings where you're not going to get the bonus. Uh, but those w- those guys, and we'll talk about, I guess, in the, the next game. But I think, yeah, Winston, when you look at just Atlanta, uh, where they get beat, it's kind of, you know, a lot of people said, well, this isn't the same situation that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater walked into last year. But they can easily transition their offense to kind of do the same things with Teddy Bridgewater. What if? What if the Saints actually can do things that they couldn't do with those two guys, though, with Jameis Winston? Where Atlanta is getting beat is downfield, even with the even with the coaching change. So they've been better since, you know, Raheem Morris, you know, took over as head coach. And I'd love to see Raheem Morris, you know, get that head coaching job and, you know, make his way into there. And then the Rams or the Falcons will be terrible for like another four years. But where Atlanta is getting beat is they've allowed 4.9 passing plays of 20 or more yards per game. It's the most in the league. It's continued through Raheem Morris. They've allowed more passing yardage on throws, uh, completions of 20 or more yards than even Seattle Seahawks, the most in the league even over 100 yards more than the Seahawks, who are like the worst pass defense in almost any metric you can find, not this one. So maybe they get the ball downfield more than they've than they've done, you know, the past couple of years. Maybe Winston takes some shots like there. You can also just play Atlanta's defense with Winston too. It's always tried and true. You can all, he'll probably give you one, maybe two. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that the passing volume is going to be here. I'm not as nervous as a lot of people. I think he'll be fine with preparation. Um, I think the weaponry is good. They're indoors. Uh, Atlanta doesn't, you know, really generate a lot of heat. So, I mean, I'm fine with uh, Winston if you need to go there. I like the other two guys more, but I think being able to pair him with Taysom Hill alleviates a lot of the concern that you're going to get, you know, blindsided in the red, every red zone trip. 
Uh, Dago, I'm going to pin you down on a Wednesday night. This is totally unfair, but uh, opportunities. Give me opportunities for a hill. Targets, rushes, and passes over under 10 and a half. First of all, everyone moved downstairs, so I think we're finally safe on this end. (laughs) I also found the mute button, so uh, that's going to help us out along the way as well. Second of all, we are fresh off a game that Taysom Hill quietly matched Alvin Kamara in carries last week. So I'm thinking five to eight, I'm going to say. I'll pin it down. I was going to say five to ten. That's too broad. Five to eight carries, uh, two to four passes, and three targets. So what? how many opportunities is that? Let's say it's eight. Let's say it's six carries. So uh, 12 opportunities. I'll take the under on almost all of them. You take, you'll take the under on all of them? <laughs> under so five rushes? Not rushes. The, the targets and passes, I'll definitely take the under on. Okay. Do you think it's going to be closer than to last year where they do get Taysom on the field more with Jameis, but they still limit his usage in the offensive personnel because they know he's their only other quarterback? Like that's why they limited him last year? I mean, potentially, yeah. I just don't think they also just like him throwing very often. Uh, if you look, like, he just doesn't either. really throw a lot. Uh, and, and there's a reason for it. He only really throws on, like, these design plays. So that's why I, I definitely will want to take the under on the, the pass. Nets, unless, like, there's some injury or something like that, but, you know, to throw it off skew. But, yeah, I don't think he's going to just drop back and throw a lot. What you want, what you care about is the rushing attempts and potentially a rushing score, though, especially at tight end. I mean, that's what you <laughs> would really love to see you see happen. You just get in the box on one of these. Uh, you know, one of these keepers and these RPOs. But, uh, yeah, I definitely don't think he's going to be throwing a lot. Um, um, yeah, and I, you, just, you, you tack on what you said. I think that makes a lot of sense as well. On FanDuel, I just wish it was more plausible to go up to Jared Cook, but you're going to 6,100. And for a guy that's going to get two to four targets, like that's a, <laughs> disa- that's a disaster to pay up for. But I wish that was the, the more reasonable pivot. Uh, having said that, like you said, Dean, you played Michael Thomas last week. And the good news is Michael Thomas did have a 30% target share. The issue is that I don't think he's healthy at all. What have we seen now the past three games? Five, six, and seven targets. He caught two of those seven targets for 27 yards. It's it's a bit of a mess right now. So if he's healthy, sure, it's a tremendous, tremendous matchup. But he's clearly a guy that you can't trust and you're playing in tournaments, more or less, hoping he turns it around. And that's about it. Uh, Traquan, we don't really know about right now on a Wednesday night. Uh, I think he got concussed or he got hit pretty hard last game. Currently questionable. Can't really speak to that for what it's worth. Last thing I'll say about Taysom is like his opportunities, not all opportunities are created equal. His opportunities are premium. Like if he's getting the ball at the three, at the five, at the, at the one mm-hmm. sometimes. So th- there's a certain value to that. And, you know, he's going to add his name to the list of tight ends that have scored rushing touchdowns like Evan Ingram and uh, the dude for Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, there you, why is he a tight end? Like, why is that the position on fan? Is it worth even questioning that? Why it's it's the same on ESPN season long leagues as well, by the way. He is uh both quarterback and tight end dual eligibility. Uh, I'll also say that I don't know what you have on your end, Dean, but Jameis Winston, I'm assuming, is going to be one of the higher rostered quarterbacks in tournaments. And given all we've discussed right now, how volatile the situation is, that seems like a, a pretty so easy So I run – I do this all the time on DK and on FanDuel, and I add some variants as well to it. I run 300, quote-unquote, optimal lineups. And, again, this is on Wednesday night. So many goofy things change. Uh, and I have Jameis just landing in 5% on DK, and I have him landing in just really? 3% okay. on FanDuel, which is I, – I was surprised by that too, to be honest. And of course, you know who the leading guy Lamar is number one on Fandle and Deshaun Watson's number two, uh, uh, number one on, on, uh, on DK. It's basically, yeah, Watson, Newton, Lamar, some sort of combination of that. And then uh, and Teddy's in there right now. We don't know what's going to happen with Teddy, if he's going to play or not. 
you know, that would change things up, possibly some percentages being shuffled. Uh, how about Kamara? I mean, we like Kamara. How much do we like Kamara Rebar? Compare him, if you can, to like Cook. You, know, you can only have one. Who do you prefer? Uh, which one's cheaper? Kamara, right? Kamara. <laughs> yeah, 10 5. So, sure. I mean, if I could say the Ducks, I don't think it's hard to get to Cook, though, either this week, even though there are no cheap receivers. But if you want to play, there's a lot of running backs like in that mid price range that I think there's a big gap. You know, I think these are the two guys, and then there's a huge gap. And we'll touch on like the guy in the middle uh that's also priced highly that's or, or like be would be high in like your season-long rankings if you were to like cross-pollinate to try to like decide who you're going to play um but i mean i have no problem you know with kamara and i don't i feel like we've almost tried to talk ourselves out of him as like the season's gone on there's really no reason to touchdown equity passing equity it's all there they're gonna throw to him a lot it's i mean they they involved him winston threw, threw to him uh, a lot you know when he came in the game so no problem with it this year atlanta is allowing the most receiving points again to running backs they'd like a year reprieve where they didn't give up a bunch of receptions last year. And then this year, they're just kind of like right back at it. They're 28th uh, in receiving points allowed to running back. So we're going to have that. Uh, he already has more touchdowns than he had last year. Uh, we knew that that was coming. Um, I wish I would have been like more bullish on him, like ahead of guys. But I mean, there were some injuries that happened, but because it was so clear he was going to have touchdown regression this year. Um, but I'm fine either. I don't, I don't even want to not cook either. Like cook is a great play as well. They're both great plays. Play them yeah. both. Uh, Kamara for what it's worth. I misspoke. at FanDuel specific cook is more expensive than Kamara. Uh, cook is 200 hours less on DK, uh, than Kamara. Of course, Kamara, it gets a uh, benefits in their scoring structure with the, the full point as far as the PPR, uh, as far as the New Orleans defense, it's good. It's been good this season. Uh, you check out the old DVOA is kind of a cheat code. Number one against the run number six against the pass. Uh, you know, Rebar, what what do you have for me as far as Atlanta? Do we care about Atlanta much in this game? Yeah, I mean, we do. I mean, because uh, you wanted to be back and forth in the dome. I mean, uh, Matt Ryan's never a guy I like to play. He's he also has just kind of like a, a pedestrian history versus the Saints. Uh, he's only gone in his past ten games. He's only thrown more than two passing touchdowns in two of the games. Uh, so that, you know, these teams are familiar with each other. But with Atlanta side, it's always really easy. Play Julio. You play Ridley. And if you're feeling froggy, you can play Hayden Hurst. You know, Hayden Hurst has had like a solid floor, but like, yeah, I think on DK, Hayden Hurst is definitely in play. I think he's 4K on DK, uh, which is pretty nice because he's just been like a solid floor play. Uh, five of his past six games, uh, he's had 50 or more yards. Uh, so you get that nice little floor. He's had seven targets in at least his past three games. Uh, the Saints have allowed a sprinkling of touchdowns to tight ends. Six different tight ends have had a touchdown against them. Uh, they're allowing 5.3 catches per game, which is 26. Some of that's still inflated from the Darren Waller game, uh, but they're uh, pretty decent, like on a per target basis. But I mean, Hayden Hurst is fine. I think he's in play there. Um, but we, we, yeah, Atlanta's always pretty easy, though. We're not playing Todd Gurley. That's what. Do you want to play Falcon? Not Todd Gurley. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to play Todd Gurley. It doesn't seem like a lot of fun at all. Um, the, you know, the most appealing thing, if you're gonna run it back, you're gonna play it like it was last year. Like my favorite correlation play. It shouldn't be a correlation play. Was playing Jameis against the defense he played against oh, yeah. that's i mean i don't know if, i'm sure it's been floated out there already and i don't know if that's gonna be a thing necessarily and it's, it's kind of sort of a joke but not really uh he, he's a you know he, he'll chuck the ball he'll throw a lot of picks also get you a lot of yards well rich, rich hit on a little earlier like winston had 14 dropbacks against the niners he took two sacks and jimmy ward dropped an interception that was thrown directly at him so i mean it's just it's just typical james is all it is 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions last season. Go. Uh, I mean, interceptions are only minus one in, in DFS. <laughs> well, I, I was telling somebody else, like, I, I, ideally, if my starting quarterback, especially one that is, like, favored, I would love it if their first pass of the game was a pick six. Love it. 
Like, I'll, take, I'll take that minus one all day. Give it to me. It's great. Let's all of a sudden flip that game script. Um, yeah, and I don't think he's going to do that for us. He may do it accidentally. Hurst, by the way, 4.4K on DK for what it's worth. Ah. Okay, close enough. Uh, and, again, Wednesday night, I don't really freak out about Wednesday practice, but Kamara was questionable. To, or he was limited with a foot, but I'm not ready to freak out just yet. I don't care about Wednesday stuff. Uh, you got anything to hear, Dago, as far as Atlanta? And we don't know about Ridley either. Again, who knows? We'll see. Uh, Julio is certainly interesting as far as a bring back in the Dome. Uh, can you sell me as far as Atlanta, or it's just this is mostly about New Orleans? No, Rich said it all pretty much. I would say that we have seen now that without Ridley, smaller sample, of course, the offense can sustain and Matt Ryan can sustain, whereas without Julio, they collapse, they just collapse completely. So as long as Julio's evolved and he seems to be healthy, um, I think Julio's still a good play no matter what. Also, I'm still somewhat skeptical about the Saints defense because they got Brady, who they've hounded in two games this year, and then an injured 49ers team. And remember, before that, they were just getting drenched in splash plays every single week. So perhaps they had that annual switch they do mid-year every single year, or maybe uh, we should still believe that they are a defense that are susceptible to the big play. So I kind of like Hidley, uh, Julio or Ridley or some kind of combination there. All right, we'll pivot to the Packers at the Colts. Another game in a dome. Highest total on the board, 51. It's high and it's tight. Colts are just a two-point favorite here. It, yeah, Dago, so you – I mean, look, you you pick these games and it's not – I think it's not uh, – it wasn't easy. I thought it was a tough – the big three, the feature. Uh, I just don't like the, the, the Colts are just a mess. And, you know, how do you project target share on this team? They have three tight ends that can potentially get there. They have three running backs that can potentially get there. They have a quarterback you never want to roster – uh, they have Dusty T.Y. Hilton, who's super, super cheap. But you did reference there is somebody that uh, might be on the rise on the Indianapolis side where the price is not fully caught up just yet. I just the, I, I can't get excited if this is the ultimate whack-a-mole team. I, I have a hard time getting there as far as being confident in anybody. But sure, tournaments is a pool of players. Talk to me about the Colts. Uh, okay. First of all, I picked this game for the Packers side, but uh, I do like the Colts side. I will say the Colts team total has been the largest, largest increase of any teams this week on uh, nearly two points already. This game has increased from 49 to 51 since it's been initially open, which makes it the highest total on the entire main slate. And the Colts have been, so Phillip Rivers, of course, uh, touch and go and this, the whole offense is a weird one, but at least I think that we have seen Michael Pittman. It's only one game, of course, but Michael Pittman stand out. I mentioned earlier that Hilton hasn't exceeded 70 yards or a touchdown in any game this year, whereas Pittman came in on Thursday, recorded team highs in target snaps, red zone targets, and routes run among all of Indy's wideouts. And despite all of that, the shallowest average depth of target on the team with 6.8, making his floor safe as well. It depends if we get Jair Alexander and Kevin King back. They were both out last week. And, of course, Jake Luton still couldn't take advantage of that situation. But I do wonder if Alexander is healthy, if he doesn't just match up on T.Y. Hilton, which is what a football coach would do because it's not the right thing to do. You would, you would rather, obviously, put Alexander on Pittman. But I still think there's a chance that doesn't happen. So I like Pittman. Uh, I think the Colts will be playing for Heim because I do like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense in this game. And that's why I brought this one up. All right. Uh, we'll go back to you in a second. As far as the Packers, I want to get three bars takes as far, as far as the Colts. And I, you know, I see uh beats Boz here in the chat on YouTube. What up YouTube like, and subscribe. We do appreciate that. Uh, helps out the channel immensely helps us uh, putting up uh, the free shows here. Uh, Heinz, uh, he's talking about Heinz for the win. Uh, FTW. 
Uh, yeah, he was a monster last time, but, you know, and he can get there via the catch, via the run. He was the best running back amongst the three last week. And I know it's early, and I'm not ready to say, like, Taylor is just terrible, but he looks awful, I, quote, unquote, the eye test. Uh, this is not very good, and it seems like they're losing confidence in him as well. Uh, what do you have for me as far as the running back situation here? If you're going to play one, I suppose it's Hines. He can get there in multiple ways, via the pass, via the run, uh, multiple routes there. Uh, yeah, uh, Rebar, Indianapolis, sell me on somebody. <laughs> Man, I, one of them? Uh, well, Frank Reich, is, <laughs> Frank, Frank Reich has openly come out and said that he's going to play all three guys early in the game. And then he's going to play the guy who's playing the best for the rest of the game. And it happened to be Hines last week. Up until last week, every carry to Naeem Hines was like a gift to the defense, though. Like he coming into last week's game, he had the highest rate of runs that failed to gain yardage in the NFL. Uh, and then popped last week. He was hot. I mean, I can you watch the game, he was hot, man. Every time he touched the ball, uh, he was good. So I mean, there's there's a he Frank Reich's tried and true. He's holding on to his words. He gave Wilkins uh, a short yard touch. He got stoned, didn't come back in the game. He also uh, gator armed a fourth down like a uh, play call. Uh, mm-hmm. Got it was out of the field. He so he got nothing the rest of the way. Jonathan Taylor had a couple all right plays like in the context of just like having a pulse. You know, from what we've seen, he did truck a dude, which was like kind of cool. What's crazy about the Jonathan Taylor just. No one would have ever thought he busted this year and still, like, been a way better receiver than anyone imagined. And, like, somehow that came true. Like, he proved he was actually, like, a decent receiver, like a, a solid receiver, which everyone is worried about. And it was, like, just a running game. He's just, like, Helen Keller, like, mixed with, like, Ray Charles. Uh, doesn't can't, can't, like, hit a hole for his life uh, and can't break any tackles. I mean, if you look at just th- these three backs on like a breaking tackle perspective, he's not even in the same stratosphere as these guys. Wilkins has broken a tackle on 26% of his touches. Naheem Hines, 19%. Jonathan Taylor, 9.6%. It's crazy that this, the way we thought he was going to be coming out of college in his first year in the NFL has just been so night and day from what we expected. Uh, and now he's just stuck in like this three-man committee. I will say though, he does seem to get the call when they get into the paint, like in the area. He does seem to come in when they get there. I know Naheem Hines had one after he was running pure, but uh, I mean, I don't know how you really pick any of these guys uh, based on that. I mean, you can talk yourself into Hines because he has some pass. He already has the passing equity, and if you were just attack on rushing equity, then that makes him a good play. But he had 22 touches his previous four games. Uh, like yeah. it's just really hard. It's just really hard. It's a matchup we would love for one guy to be in too. We have a home team indoors with a 27 plus team total against a team that doesn't even care about stopping the run. They couldn't even <laughs> care less. Like they'll openly tell you, Mike Pence, like I don't care if we get run on, and we can't play. I don't know how you play any of these guys. I just don't know how you confidently do it, other than you saying, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna go all in in this guy, and if he hits, he hits. Uh, because That's the thing, like, yeah, yeah, you can you can play them, but understand you're taking on your own risk. Like, it literally is an egg if they don't win the role in the first two drives. And that's what happened three weeks ago. It was Jordan Wilkins because Jonathan Taylor rushed for 13 yards on his first six carries. Naheem Hines wasn't involved on the ground. Thus, they just went to Wilkins by default. The next week, it was uh, Jonathan Taylor, but then game Skirt got out of hand against the Ravens in the second half, and they only run the ball six times total in the second half. Taylor got one of those carries because when he did get hot, he still fumbled as well. And then last week, of course, it was Naheem Hines who totaled uh, uh, 58 yards on his first seven touches, and then, of course, he won the rolls the rest of the game. So it's going to be decided in game. None of us will ever know. 
The Colts don't know who's going to lead in touches when they're going to the game. So sure, if you want to bank on that, but it just seems like a dead lineup from the get-go. Yeah, I think Pittman is the – if you're going to force me to pick somebody in Indy right now that I feel most confident about when you consider price and all that good stuff, I think Pittman is probably the guy. Uh, if you want to run it back as far as Green Bay. And who are we running it back with, Daigle? You want to talk about the Packers. Uh, Wednesday night there was an issue. Uh, what is Devontae Adams dealing with? He's got some kind of injury where there was a weird quote about him saying he's going to try to play, he's going to play. or Again, he, Wednesday, he, what was the quote? He suffered an ankle injury in that game, but also he suffered it before he came back and basically like outleaped every fan in the stadium, whatever many they had, because like he got so high on that lob ball. And that was after the injury, so – I still think he plays. We'll see what happens. This 2020, you never know nowadays. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, he's only fallen flat on his face once this year. It was against that Bucks defense. And ever since then, he's been humming along as a top eight quarterback in his last four games, 300 yards and or multiple touchdowns in all four of those contests. Of course, it, have come, it has come against susceptible foes. Like, it's defenses he could easily attack. Having said that, the Colts are the number five passing DBOA, I believe, right now. Um, 15th in adjusted sack rate of football outsiders, but they really haven't been tested this year. Gardner Minshew, Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold, Nick Foles, Baker Mayfield, they allowed 300 yards to Burrow. Uh, Stafford pinned them for 330 and three touchdowns. And then, of course, these past two weeks in against passers, we don't have the most respect for they're good players but Lamar Jackson through the air and then Ryan Tannehill as this tennis as a Titans defense has fluttered pretty much the past three or four games so I do like Aaron Rodgers a lot in this spot hoping Devontae Adams of course is healthy because I would run him easily um perhaps even with a double stack with Alan Lazard if he's close uh, Aaron Jones was a big flop last week he was in the field for what 62 63 percent of snaps or, or something like that uh I, in Vegas, or uh, was a DK Sportsbook had him like minus three forty, minus three twenty five to score a touchdown, which is truly a mega number. That's a pretty insane number. You don't really see too often, and he didn't get there. Got like to the one or two yard line, and of course, uh, Rogers went ahead and siphoned it. Yeah, right. He's got that chip on his shoulder. He wants those touchdowns. Like that's just sort of my thought process in that, and that makes him kind of sort of somewhat interesting, especially in the dome against. Like you said, this indie defense. I'm still not certain. I think they're a, a pretty good defense, but I'm not certain they're elite. Because who they played against, they played against nobody still. And I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers uh, puts up the biggest number on Indy all season long. Uh, what do you have for me, Rebar, as far as uh, the Packers side? Yeah, pretty much uh, that. I mean, I do think the way the Colts are sty stylistically, the way they play defense under Matt Everfluss, though, is a problem for the what the Packers do. Because the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers specifically for fantasy, has been good on the deep ball. I mean, he leads all – quarterbacks and fantasy points and throws 15 yards or further downfield uh end points per attempt on those throws the colts are one of the best defense on that because they just play so much shell coverage they play so much zone they play almost as much more as much zone in the league uh than any other team you know outside of the panthers uh so they just don't give up a lot of big plays inherently and that's you know they make you kind of bleed them to death uh rogers is capable of doing that as well but i mean i think those big plays those couple big plays we've seen from marcus valdez scantling the last couple weeks you know might dry up here this might be a good spot where that like you know his variance kind of skews back because nothing his usage hasn't changed at all no. he's just connected he's just he's just he's hit on those uh plays you know back-to-back -back games um so i mean I, I also think too that they're the way they're set up and you know the, some of the moves they've made this offseason in, in the year prior they're really good at getting pressure without blitzing uh, so you play a lot of zone coverage and your front four can get pressure. 
that's a that's a good recipe. You don't give up big plays and you can get home without without sending extra defenders. That's that's that is a pretty good signal. I know they haven't really played a lot of people, but I do think they do some things fundamentally that gives just inherently not it doesn't offer a lot of ceiling weeks to performers. Uh, and you know, and Stafford got there in junk script. You know, last mm-hmm. last time, uh, you know, they were up big and he put he put up some points late. Uh, so it's, you know, it's tough to say. I mean, I don't I'm, I don't dislike Rodgers by any means. I don't dislike this game. We got a a game in the dome we're, we're in that time of the year where we're looking for nice weather games or we're looking for dome games um but the packers i mean they're, they're one of these teams like we know who to play is Devontae playing we're gonna play him are we excited to play marcus Valdez scantling no can we pay up for aaron jones sure but, yeah you know he's he's sagged here though you look at his last three games he's ran 38 times for 119 yards 3.1 yards a pop the colts are good against the run um they've got a good defensive line um and they've got a good resume. Unlike Daigle laid out of those quarterbacks they face, they face James Robinson, they face Kareem Hunt, they face Dalvin Cook, they face Joe Mixon. I mean, and they've shut those guys down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like they do have a good resume of backs too. So, I mean, I, I mean, I will say this though. I mean, Aaron Jones is one of these guys. We've seen his touchdown potential. He hasn't gone three straight games without a touchdown uh, since the 2017 season, and that's what he's pacing towards if he doesn't score this week. So, I mean, if you're going to get back in, this is the week because no one's really going to be on him, I don't think. Yeah, I, I haven't pulled that up as far as the running back ownership, but I imagine he's not going to be a guy that's popping. Uh, yeah, in 300 lineups, he is in zero of the 300 optimal lineups, at least on FanDuel and on the fly. I'm pulling up the DK one as well. And, uh, yeah, he's pulling up in zero of both. And that's adding some variance as well, too. And of course, yeah. he can absolutely bounce get, back. Like, if you're, so on a slate like this, if you're going to get where you have really two top dogs, Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook, uh, at the running back position, like full bell, full on bell cow backs, and then like Aaron Jones is probably the next closest guy to those guys, uh, outside of maybe a Miles Sanders, or I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about DeAndre Swift, uh, that can be like a dual, like a guy that has like multiple touchdown potential. Aaron Jones has that on any slate versus any opponent. Like if he's going to come in like under like around 10% ownership, then yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk anyone out of that. We got uh, Nick Young, Swaggy P in the chat talking about Tunyon. I mean, he's 3-2 on DK, and I guess he's as good as almost any dart at that price point, but I'm not enthused about that, Daigle. And uh, Lazard probably comes back this week. I believe he's going to be coming off the IR. Um, it's hard to get excited. And like MBS, Lazard, uh, you know, ESB, anybody but Adams just doesn't do anything for me. And, you know, it could be anybody that sort of pops up and score. It's kind of like Indianapolis outside of outside of Adams. Uh, you really can't trust anything else in the Green Bay offense. Uh, anything else here like, you want to clean it up? Any thoughts as far as those guys? I can't get excited about Tunyon. No, the I'm not really. The, last team, the, the Colts are the last team to not allow a tight end touchdown. Uh, and Tanyan hasn't had an end zone target since that Monday night game that he had three. <laughs> Uh, pending how, what happens with Jack Doyle and the protocol, I can get excited about Mo Ali Cox. Also, depending what happens with Trey Burton, who was DNP on Wednesday, but Ali Cox actually outsnapped and ran more routes than Burton last week with just the two of them. So if that's fine, again, that's also a, a little run back. If you don't want to play Michael Pittman, because again, tight end this week is an absolute mess and I won't laugh at anyone for playing anyone. Just play people. Yeah. If he's last man standing at 2.9 K, sure. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm in on that for sure. That's definitely what worth exploring, and we'll see how that goes uh, as the week progresses. We're going to go three for three as far as our dome games. We're featuring New England at Houston. Houston uh, getting two points here. Forty-eight and a half is the total. Uh, you know, seeing a lot of ownership as far as both quarterbacks in the side. And hey, why not rebar? When uh, 
<laughs> when, when you can roster a quarterback who's thrown one touchdown in the last like two months, you just got to do it, right? Yeah, I mean, when you look at Cam, though, like, and I feel like that's the general consensus, right? Like, I feel like most people are just kind of done with Cam. Like, it feels like that, that there's a vibe, like people have done Cam. But you look at it, I mean, so he's made eight starts now. He's been a QB1 in six of them for fantasy. Like, he's still getting there. I mean, he's still completely getting there, and he's had a really high floor. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, I mean, definitely you're not getting those passing because I think that makes him a tough play in DK. Is, you know, you like inherently are picking a quarterback that's not going to get you the bonus, uh, which which yeah. you, we always hate to do. Uh, but he, I think he's got a really high floor, and especially in this game against the Houston team that, one, doesn't get any pressure on the quarterback. They're 27th in pressure rate. They're terrible against the pass. They're 30th in passing points allowed per pass attempt. It's very similar to, I think, like the Jets matchup he had on Monday night. I think he's going to be fine throwing the football. Do I think he's going to throw 300 yards? No, that he's not going to do that. Like, unless they're like really pushed, maybe they are here, but uh, I think he's got a really high floor. We know he's got touchdown equity. Uh, he has the most red zone carries on a percentage base of his all carries than any player in the NFL. 32% of his carries come in the red zone. Uh, he is second in the NFL in carries inside the five yard line. He has 12 of his 16 team carries inside the five yard line. Uh, I think he's a good play. I think he's a really solid play. I think he's got, I think he's a great floor play. And I think he's got really, uh, it has a ceiling potential. Uh, you know, if, you know, Deshaun Watson does his part here, which I believe he will, uh, which I like this game in totality because I think Watson is going to be good again. I'm willing to throw that last Sunday's game completely out the window, what we saw yeah. in the mm-hmm. offense uh, in in the, the wind again in Cleveland. That's why we didn't pick any other games inside the Dome. So we've talked about Cleveland in two weeks of the past three weeks, and come Sunday you can't play anybody uh, in those games. And, and they're already calling for wind and rain again on this Sunday early on. So, like, we'll leave that. We'll leave that alone this week. We're going to pick all games, so we don't have to worry about all these takes. <laughs> are going to be evergreen for five days. Uh, we're going to live with that. But uh, yeah, and then you, I mean, I think Watson is probably the, the best of like the top quarterbacks to play just because you'll know, get that dual usage. Uh, previously, before that Browns Winfield game, you know, he had, you know, thrown for over nine yards of pass attempt, you know, in five straight games. The uh, Patriots just allowed 20 or more fantasy points to Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson in their past two games. Uh, and then Watson has a pretty solid resume against the Patriots in his three starts, especially even you go back last year when the Patriots were a dominant NFL defense uh, and mushed just about everybody. I mean, he had almost 30 fantasy points against them. Uh, so he's had some success. His first ever career start, uh, you know, was in Foxborough. Not his first career start in Foxborough. His first start in Foxborough. Uh, he had 20 fantasy points in that game as well, too. So, I mean, uh, uh, the Patriots are allowing 7.8 yards per passing play. It's 31st in the NFL. We know who to stack with Deshaun Watson. It, it's real easy, I think, to kind of look at this game and those two quarterbacks be the most appealing from like a floor and ceiling perspective on the main slate. Uh, Dago, compare Newton to Watson. And yeah, just a quick uh, nine nine rushing touchdowns for Newton. Of course, that's what's uh, building his floor. And you know, he doesn't he doesn't have the, the best receiving receivers to throw the ball to, obviously. Uh, but there is an interesting pairing, with, especially on DK, when you talk about the price. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, he's one he really, really likes. And he can dump it off to a couple of running backs as well, too, in theory. But uh, Newton versus Watson, who do you prefer there, Daigle? I mean, honestly, I like them both. So since the regime chain for Houston, if we throw out that win game this past week against Cleveland, uh, Watson has completed 70.5% of his passes for 11 touchdowns and two interceptions. Brandon Cooks leads the way with a 27% target share in that span, but it's still Will Fuller who's hanging around here as a wide receiver one uh, with, with a 22% target share. Also, 
to run it back, it is very easy as well because we know who Cam Newton's going to go to. The past three games, only one person on that team has a 40% target share in every single game, and that is, of course, Jacoby Myers. And even if he gets the – perhaps if he gets the Bradley Roby treatment, I don't know. The fact is they still move him around to the slot as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the, what I like about this game is not only – do we have two explosive quarterbacks? And we haven't even mentioned that Watson has the rushing juice the past three games out of nowhere as well, with uh, at least seven carries in every single one of those games. But then also, it's just a condensed target tree. So you like it all the way around. I guess if you told me to pick one, it'd probably be Cam, because like Rich said, I do think people are still have this stigma where they don't want to play him. But even so, in these last five games, uh, QB 11, QB 36 on the week, because remember, he was benched against the Niners. Bad game plan overall. But then QB 11, QB 8, QB 11. Just a consistent QB 1, despite throwing for, you know, one touchdown. So, sure, it's Cam, Myers, and then you can go wherever you want in the passing game or on the ground even with Duke Johnson for the Texans. Yeah, these are the two worst teams against DVO as far as rush against DVO, 31 and 32. Mm -hmm. The New England side, I'm not enthused about it. You know, I, I just don't like it. It's got, it's kind of, it's got a little too murky for me. It's sort of like Indianapolis in that way. And as far as New England, like Damian Harris basically has to run for 100 yards because he's not going to catch the ball. I guess he can in theory. Sure, why not? And Duke Johnson was on the field. Rebar, I know 98 of the snaps last week. And if we're going to throw it out for passing, we can throw it out for running as well too. And I, I'm willing to forgive Duke, uh, and assuming that, uh, as far as we know, David Johnson not expect to be back. Uh, he has a concussion. I think he's still it's still lingering. But uh, yeah, Duke Johnson's price is still super fair. Uh, he makes things work, and if he's on the field for 90 percent of the time, 80 percent of the time, that's good enough for me. Uh, it's okay. It didn't work out last week, but I'm going back to it. What say you? I'm okay with it. I think the problem that Duke may have is a similar problem that I think we seen David Johnson have. And just that, like, he can run all the pass routes forever, but if they're not yeah. getting targets, like, I mean, it's the same problem. Deshaun Watson, pretty much over the entire, entirety of his career, like, he's he's not really interested in, in peppering these backs, you know. <laughs> he, he's, he's out here to push the rock uh, and make some plays downfield. Because David Johnson was, you know, while he was active before that injury, I mean, he was, you know, top three in routes run among running backs, but was getting targeted on 12% of his routes, which was like 60th in the league, uh, you know, out there out there running them routes. But uh, that, hopefully that doesn't happen to Duke. He was out there, like you said, 95% of the snaps. Uh, I think just the, the fact that Houston can't stop the run is another benefit for Cam because, like, they're, it's going to make all the passing comfortable too. Uh, you know, anytime that he, anytime that New England can just run their offense, that's when Cam's looked his best. Uh, so I think that that Houston run defense is another plus, another check in uh, Cam's you know kind of uh, you know toolbox there. Damian Harris has been uh, has been excellent, like you said. I mean, he's got 100 yards in three of his six games. He's averaged over five yards per carry in five of his six games. Um, and you know, everyone knows he's getting the ball. He's yeah. 75% of his touches are on first down, the highest rate in the league, and he still averages over five yards per carry. Houston's been one of the worst run defenses on first down in the NFL, uh, actually the worst, uh, 5.7 yards per carry. Like you, like you said, though, Dean, he's got he's caught two passes all year, he doesn't have a third down touch, and then Newton's hoarding all the touchdowns. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, Damian Harris is one of these guys. Like he could, he's like a guy that like it could just be like bad for us though, because he could have a really good game and soak up all these these yards that we want other guys to get. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem going back to Duke. Uh, you know, at his price, 
Uh, I haven't figured out if I will yet this week, but I love the the Myers, uh, you know, stacking. DK dropped the ball on Myers, man. I don't know what they were doing. And Dago brought up Bradley Roby. Like Jacoby Myers just played the Ravens in the rain. Like in like a in like a sideways <laughs> rain. Like and, I ain't worried about Bradley Roby. And he got you a uh, Julian Edelman like passing touchdown as well. There you go. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, but the chat, but we're just smashing the over on cornerback wide receiver matchups. The over under is usually like a half. I think this is like the third or fourth time we're referencing no, it. We like to bring it up to dunk. We like to take the jab. <laughs> now they're like talking to... about Gilmore. Uh, who's who's Gilmore gonna cover? Is he gonna be fuller or is he gonna be cooks? Do we know? Do we care? Is he gonna play? I don't know. We, yeah. We, the Patriots are still doing that thing with him and like 17 others every week where they just keep listing him as questionable, but it's been two or three weeks now and he hasn't played. So I, we really don't know. And for Myers also, on, uh, for the Fandle people, he's 6K over there, which still is super reasonable. 6K seems like a really, really good price, uh, but 4-9 on DK is, is, is fairly egregious. So I like him on both. Well, for the, fan, the Fandle people, Damian Harris is 5,800, and that's where we want to play him, not DK, since we don't have to worry about the receiving bonus. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's that's a good point as well too. Where yeah, you you're rewarded more for touchdowns, and you're not you're penalized for catching the ball. Uh, you, you don't get the full point, obviously. Uh, anything else this game that's worth talking about? It's worth exploring, or how shall we hit a position by position? Do we have a fuller a fuller versus Cooks take? Uh, you, you know, Rebar, I, I feel like you didn't touch on that one. Oh, Dangle, Dangle nailed it. I mean, it's it's okay. easy to play. Like, look at. I mean, Cooks leads the team in targets and receptions over the past five games. Uh, but like, Fuller's not that far behind, and Fuller has the touchdown equity. Uh, so I mean, both. All right, quarterbacks. Uh, I guess for DK, if Teddy doesn't go, uh, ex, a longtime XFL fans so remember <laughs> PJ Walker. He's four point eight K. Um, you know, super, super cheap. And, you know, in a matchup against Detroit that we're not afraid of necessarily, I don't know how much we're pinched for pennies, but that's kind of sort of somewhat interesting. I suppose maybe anybody care about PJ Walker, which Wednesday and why even talk about it? Is that, is that I, well, I, I care about PJ Walker because I'm playing the Lions defense. If he starts, I know that <laughs> you're not a PJ Walker truther. No, no. The XFL didn't offer – I'm like one of three people who watched it every week. It didn't offer any standout defenders or pass rush whatsoever. The AAF was the supreme league because they actually had – they actually had Keith Reeser Island. They had uh, DeMonster, um, DeMontre Moore wrecking pass rushes. All of those guys, majority of them have landed on NFL rosters. The XFL is just Donald Parham and then P.J. Walker, and that's literally it. Like those – that league was so bad. <laughs> so now, like, if, if Walker's under center, and of course, if Will Grew's under center as well, like, I'm playing the Lions defense. Uh, Rebar, other quarterbacks that are kind of sort of so we can play the, the haircut narrative for, for Herbert. People are very excited about his haircut today on Twitter. Uh, Alex Smith, who's just, he's cheap. I don't know if I, he looks like something's, you know, obviously something's wrong with him to some degree. I'm going to play some Lamar Jackson. Maybe it's because I hate myself, but I think there's a ceiling there and I'm waiting for it. And it's Martin. It's the Martingale strategy, and I feel like it's owed to me eventually. <laughs> and if it happens and I don't have him, I'll be very upset, and I'll just keep spending the, the, the tax every single week just until it comes. We shall see. And it's a good matchup against Tennessee, and Brown is still cheap, and I guess we could play some Andrews in theory. He's super cheap on DK at 4.9K. Um, yeah, Rebar, other quarterbacks, what do you have for me? Yeah, I mean, Her- Herbert, you can always pay up for if you want. I mean, he is expensive, uh, you know, on both sites. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I think, is another good spot again. Yeah. So the Steelers, uh, you know, they have not run the ball well at all this past month. Uh, and they and against the Cowboys and the Bengals, especially the past two weeks. Like it's one thing, we don't bat an eye when you don't run well on the Ravens, but when you when you can't run the ball in either the Cowboys or a game that you win by 30 points against the 31st-ranked run defense against running backs, 
like now I'm starting to catch, you know, you know, kind of look at some things. And the Jaguars have been a bad run defense in totality, but they've like had moments where they've been good. Like they shut down, you know, Derrick Henry the the one game. I wouldn't say shut down, but like you know, they limited Derrick Henry. And then last week they looked decent against the Packers. Um, but we know they can't stop the pass every week. And the Steelers have just swerved into like, hey Ben, you can just throw it 35 times. And the way you're throwing the ball is kind of like you know Drew Breesis in a sense, like where that could be our our run game. We're totally cool with you just throwing a bunch of you know slants and stack rub routes to all these guys. I mean, they they've run that 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 trio stack play where one of the the outside receiver just comes under the other two guys. Like I've seen them run that play like it feels like fifteen times a game, uh, like almost every third down it feels like they run that play. So I mean, if they're just gonna treat like Ben's like pass short passing game as the run game, I mean, there's another opportunity here. The Jaguars are thirty second in EPA against the pass. They've got nine sacks this year, <laughs> nine. <laughs> Like they can't get to the quarterback at all. Uh, so, I mean, he's, a, I think he's another good play in another good spot as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we covered the ground on all the quarterbacks we really want to play just throughout talking. The game. Yeah, Which right. My only other one, honestly, I wrote down because I do like the games we covered in those quarterbacks. So I will say to add with Rossberger also in this time, not only have they not been able to run, but they've had a approach change and passing at the league's third highest rate these past two weeks um, with the lead. Uh, and that's in running 64 plays in that time with the lead, 62 maybe. So it's a it's a heavy dose of just Rossberger dropping back. And I know you're asking, like, what's the double stack there? I don't think you can go wrong either way. To me, it's still Deontay and Claypool, but, like, Juju's still getting it done every single week as well. So you really can't go wrong with the double stack against the Jaguars secondary. Yeah, I mean, trying to figure out Pittsburgh is like trying to figure out Indianapolis, but like they're actually good players. Yeah, but they all hit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnson's all, just, is, is he going to stay healthy? Yes. Okay, then he's going to have a good day. Uh, Claypool, he gets those runs at the end zone that they like him in the red zone. He seems like a guy that's going to elevate to the number one, if not like by next week, by next year. Uh, you know, he just seems, he's been awesome so far, rookie there at Notre Dame. All right, let's talk about the running back. Speaking of uh, rookies, Swift was a, uh, they announced him he's a starter last week. It's like, oh, he's a starter. Like, what does that mean? Like, that who cares if somebody's <laughs> starting or not? But he got like a big chunk of the, the snaps. I believe it was like seventy percent or so, give or take. He was awesome as well. Uh, is it Kalen Balage season? If you believe Coach speaks, apparently he's going to be the guy this week uh, for the Chargers. And these are the guys that are popping right down the models because they're pretty cheap and swift. Well, I think the price bump he's still uh, pretty reasonable, and I imagine like he was great. There's no reason not to keep going to him. Uh, Swift, Balage, we talked about Cook. Cook is awesome. Great matchup. And if it's salary, by all means, go for it. But uh, Daigle, what do you have for you? What were your thoughts as far as Swift and Balage? Who else do you have on your board? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Balage is even coach speak. Like, Tremaine Pope was active for that game, and he only played on special teams. And Balage, out, Balage had 46 snaps for that backfield. Because remember, Justin Jackson's on IR now. And then Joshua Kelly only had 17 um, Blodge had 23 touches, which were the second most of any Chargers running back at any point this year. And also, he has the fourth most touches among all running backs the past two games. So it's not even coach speak. It's just the fact that they have nowhere else to go. They don't trust Josh Kelly, and they are going to Blodge each and every week. And no one else knew is joining that backfield. So we have to assume that he's going to get a majority of the work in a great spot against the Jets. I kind of like the over in that game, too. So I kind of like receivers in that game as well. But for DeAndre Swift, um, 
we had already seen, remember, like Rapsheet did this three weeks ago, I think it was, where he, where he declared DeAndre Swift the starter, and that wasn't the case at all. And then it happens again this week, and then it actually was a changing of the guard. 76% of the team's carries, a 15% target share, and now has a luscious matchup that we always target running backs for, and that's against the Panthers. So I wish the usage was down a little bit because he's almost too good of a play, and DK really didn't adjust his price for that play. But assuming that workload sticks, of course, like Blage and Swift are both amazing plays this week. Rebar, running backs? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to get away from those guys, especially Swift. I think Swift's a great play on FanDuel for you FanDuel uh, cronies out there. Uh, <laughs> you know, the way he fits in the lineups, I think, is really good. Because you talk about just the amount of touches and, and, you know, his receiving ability. I think he fits there really well uh, and, and roster construction. He's almost a similar price. And anytime you have a, the running backs that – our similar price, you know, it's definitely an advantage, uh, you know, on FanDuel with the extra salary. Uh, so, I mean, he looks good. Uh, you kind of hit upon maybe going back to the Mike Davis well. Uh, I think you can if you're willing to swallow it. Uh, just, I mean, you look at – and I don't want to make excuses for him because he just hasn't played good either. Um, but, you know, Buccaneers, Saints, Bears, Falcons, like all those teams are – uh, three of those four teams are in the top six in yards for carry allowed to running backs, even coming into the matchup. You know, Detroit's significantly way worse, 28th. Uh, they're 32nd receiving points allowed. So, I mean, there's reason to say, like, yeah, well, Mike Davis is running into some really crummy matchups. It's, you know, the usage is still kind of there, too. Like, it's in terms of running back carries. Um, but, I mean, obviously he's lost his cash game sheen that he had the first, like, three games he played there. Uh, love Swift. Uh, and I think you can go back to Antonio Gibson, too. Uh, the, the, the Washington's been favored in one game this year, and in that game, Antonio Gibson had 20 touches. Uh, they're favored at home this week again, very slightly. It's tight. It's not like they're just going to slam dunk, walk away with it. But he did have 20 touches in that game that they were favored. His game script held held out uh, in a good matchup. He has another good matchup again this week. You know, it's a, the Bengals who are 31st in yards for carry at the running backs. Uh, in that game that they led throughout, because remember McKissick has had 29 targets, but. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, they had the they had their highest passing game script that they had all in t- the entire season, and the second highest in an NFL game this season. Uh, and then they chased points as largely a byproduct of throwing to JD McKissick in the in this game against Detroit last week. Uh, but he only had two targets in that game at home that they they held you know as a home favorite against the Cowboys. You know if they're able to you know hold the lead, we might not see as much as him. You know, he, he's kind of – that's the role he plays. He plays third downs and he plays in passing situations. If Washington is able to get some pressure, get some sacks, get out to a lead, I mean, we're probably not going to see a lot of him. Now, granted, we have to predict do the, predict the game script game, but uh, not a terrible spot, I think, to go back uh, objectively to Antonio Gibson as well. I actually like the Bengals side of that, that too. I think Burrow's uh, like just way too cheap on DK. Uh, but another time. Who's your favorite um, receiver to pair with that? Hit you for Higgins or Boyd? You have a take? Uh, I like Higgins just a little more because he's my, like, the ceiling archetype. You know, it's like the same thing with the Steelers guys. Even when Claypool wasn't getting targets, it's like you want to play him because he's the archetype that's like, well, this dude can have two touchdowns or he's going to catch a 60-yard pass. Like, Boyd has to basically have, like, 10 targets to get there, Um, which is fine. He's going to get him because the Bengals drop back to pass 50 times a game. Uh, But I am a little more partial to Higgins. You had a take, Diggle? 
I was just going to add on Gibson because I have him written down as well, is that uh, if they do, because remember, Washington's still top five in sacks this year. Uh, if they do get pressure under Joe Burrow, I still think he can secede in this game, but he's 35th in completion rate under pressure, 37 of 97 this year. Uh, 14 dropbacks under pressure last week against the Steelers that didn't complete a single one. Um, he's been kind of a mess under pressure. So that would entail a good game script for Gibson if that happens. I hear everybody on Gibson, and I get it. And I know we had a good week last week, obviously, bumped by those two touchdowns. I just have a hard time rostering a guy that's going to be on the field like 40% of the time. It's just, oh, yeah. I, I, my brain is a hard time like, getting over that. But, you know, uh, I suppose he, he, there's definitely some value there as well. And before we move on as far as running back, the chat is demanding it. They want us to talk about uh, the dude from the Dolphins. I'm forgetting his name in my head it's right Alana now. Ahmed? Yeah, is he a thing? I know Brita potentially might come back. I don't know if that's going to muck things up or not. Uh, talk about the the Dolphins running back situation. I think it's very simple. He's new Miles Gaskin. Like yeah. I mean, we were never playing Miles Gaskin because he was good. He had a high floor because I mean he had he had a super high floor because he didn't come off the field and he was involved in the passing game. What did Salva Ahmed do last week? He didn't come off the field. He played the same exact role. He ran a pass route on uh, 58% of team dropbacks. It was ninth among all running backs in the NFL last week. He played 76% of snaps uh, and then had 22 to 26 backfield touches. It's really easy. He didn't light anything up on the efficiency you know, board, but that's what Gaskin was doing. It, it's like the same thing. He's new Gaskin. Yeah, he's got a chance. If he gets 20 touches, of course, he's in play. You definitely want to monitor that running back situation. Your favorite team against the 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 terrible Denver Broncos, right? Uh, who are the listless Broncos? They, they didn't even try last week. The Broncos, they didn't even try to, in that game. They quit. <laughs> they quit like a quarter and a half in. Drew Locke is. I mean, I, I'm, I'm done. I can't just uh, move on. Let's move on. Yeah, uh, fifty six hundred on Fanduel for Ahmed. Like uh, we know he's not going to get the passing work, so that's where you would roster him. And and again, like if Breda comes back, it could it could ruin the whole situation. So. It's it's somewhat scary. I didn't know this, but according to the chat, apparently Ahmed was Gaskin's backup in college. Yeah, you dub, baby. baby. You dub, yeah. baby. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's knock out some receivers. Okay. I, I thought I thought the chat was going to ask for a, a man. No, safety. you know what they got? <laughs> they got they did not. Maybe there will be one coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. But we'll be even spared today. Uh, we love Manscaped. We much appreciate when they sponsor the show. But uh, everybody's been spared, and therefore the show is not going to go an hour and a half. Uh, we are going to talk about receivers, though. Uh, Dagle, fire off some of the receivers on your board that we've yet to talk about. Uh, I think we can go back to A.J. Brown. The box score was not friendly to him. But again, remember, he dropped that wide open touchdown. Not wide open, but it was mm-hmm. an easy catch along the sideline. Uh, and that would have tacked on an extra 50 yards and a touchdown. It's against Marlon Humphrey, of course. But if we do get the Ravens offense responding, which I'm a little bit skeptical about, but if everyone's going to play them, uh, remember that before that, they were just jamming targets to him. So at least seven targets in every single game. So I think he is still a safe play this week. Uh, and it's a good spot because he's not going to be rostered, even though, again, he dropped that touchdown. All right. See, uh, see Brown and raise him. What do you have for me, Rebar? Um, I mean, l- listen, uh, it's not a great cheapy week. Uh, obviously, I think, you know, the, we could play Terry McLaurin until we, he gives, they price him up finally. Um, uh, he feels a lot like last year's DJ Moore, where, like his price doesn't move because he doesn't score touchdowns, but like he just, he gets so many targets every week and he's so good after the catch, uh, and has such a high team target share. Like, I feel like he should be more expensive than he is every week. Um, so I mean, you can always play him. 
Uh, I mean, listen, as long as Judy is this cheap too, like I know his quarterback situation sucks, but like his opportunity is just so ginormous right now. Um, you know, you just look at the past three weeks. I mean, he's he's basically been he's been first or second uh, in air yards the last three weeks every week. I mean, he just granted they're not all catchable targets, which is a problem. But as long as he's this cheap, I'll keep taking swings that, you know, maybe he connects on a couple of those because, man, he's priced so low at the position that if you just can ha- just hit a couple, man, at those, like, you're going to be all right. Um, but not a great cheap week uh, in totality. I think we covered a lot of ground earlier on guys we want to play, like Jacoby Myers, uh, you know, on DraftKings, and, uh, you know, obviously, the, you know, the, the Falcons guys uh, you could play. But um, I'm, I'm, wait- I'm waiting for some enlightenment on, like, another cheap guy to go to here. Well, how about hey, pro- oh, well, no, go was- no, go ahead. Go ahead. Amari Cooper, look, again, speaking of we're in that conversation of terrible quarterbacks, uh, you know, Dalton expected back. I don't know if terrible is the right word to use, but, like, you know, subpar. Sure, we'll be kind if he's watching. What's up, Red Rocket? Or is it Red Rifle? One's one thing and one's totally something uh, else. I'm not sure. Not which Red Rocket. Is. I can tell you that much. He's the Red, ri- red Rifle. <laughs> he is the Red Rifle. <laughs> not the Red he's, Rocket. He's the Rusty <laughs> Rifle. Is truly show. what he is. <laughs> but okay, so Amari is five four, five four on DK, which I believe is the lowest we've ever seen him on DK uh, in a dome. Probably coming back when we're presuming that they're going to be downing here against Minnesota. And we haven't talked about the Minnesota receivers. Those guys are both in place uh, as well. You know, Jefferson and Thielen against this, you know, Dallas team. Um, yeah. Thoughts as far as these receivers. Do you have a thought in this game as far as, uh, you know, in theory, there should be some value as far as the receivers in this game? Yeah. And Minnesota's team total is 28, which go, bodes well for either Dalvin Cook or the passing game, perhaps all of them. And then, of course, uh, Amari on the run back because on Dalton's 98 dropbacks this year, he has targeted Amari 19 times for the team high and target share. I'm still, you know, Dalton may be a good play. Like, I can't wrap my head around it because the matchup does set up well, especially because the Vikings defense is one we have attacked outside of Nick Foles, who doesn't attack anyone. Um, so Cowboys often should logically be able to move the ball. But how long have we been saying that? And without Dex, Dak Prescott, they've averaged 13 points. Like, they have not moved the ball whatsoever. Uh, Zeke has been one of the worst running backs in the league. So I don't – it's a scary situation. It would be Cooper for me in that spot. Um, and then I just don't think the Cowboys defense has has it at all to stop the Vikings and Dalvin Cook, which means like two weeks ago we'd go back to Kirk Cousins um, having 14 pass attempts and we can't use them whatsoever. So – I'm just worried about that matchup at all, even though it seems like we do need exposure no matter how we get it towards the Vikings offense. And then I like the – I think the cheapies are going to come from the Jets, whether it's Perryman or Denzel Mims. Jameson Crowder back, of course, and has led the team in target share, went healthy. But I like the over in that game. Uh, the Jet, the Chargers now, the last six games, have, have allowed 31.6 points per game to opposing offenses. And then, of course, we saw Perryman spike with Flacco on the boundary where Casey Hayward has been getting beat. And then the Jets, before the bye as well, um, sixth in the league in play action and ninth in pre-snap motion with Dow Loggins calling plays. So maybe Joe Flacco doesn't have in his bag to do that again, but I, I kind of like the Jets receivers as well. Uh, specific to DK, Mims is popping in the optimals. For the, you know, we live in the world of a salary cap, and he's still super, super cheap at 3.3K. Uh, and if you're going to get seven or eight targets at 3.3K, uh, you know, I'm trying to on the comeback presumably here against the Chargers. Uh, you just might have to make that work. Uh, it did work last week for the those that played Reynolds at 3.5. Those that played uh, Do for the Dolphins 
was uh, that was what Stoneman and uh, King Grant, all five foot nine of him, I believe. Devont, yeah, we talked. To, I talked about Devontae Parker, and he had the touchdown, and they got called back. Uh, and then of course yeah. it went to, and then of course it went to one of their four tight ends that I can never choose them. <laughs> uh, Rewar, you got anything else as far as receivers? That are, I mean, AJ Green, we kind of I mentioned it in passing. Is just crazy cheap. Ty Hilton is crazy cheap. These names like three point six k for AJ Green. Ty is like four four or four five. This is DK specific. You know the name brands, but like these are spoiled name brands, right? They're no longer what they used to be. Yeah, and they're cheap. That's the nicest thing we can say about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah you, I like the Mari call. Uh, maybe yeah, I like that that Chargers game offers something. You know, on the on either side. You know, whether it be you know even a guy like Jalen Guyton who is running a lot of pass routes, getting that exercise because he's got like if he catches one, it's gonna be. A fifty yarder. Um, he's running a lot. He's running a ton of pass routes, though. He's out there a ton. Uh, and then Mims is so cheap. He, Mims ran a, a pass route one hundred percent of the dropbacks mm-hmm. last uh, time that they were on the field. So uh, there's opportunity there. Maybe that's a game too. And you don't forget about those late afternoon games. The Cowboys one is interesting because I'm. I mean, as bad as the Cowboys been, like I refuse to believe that like Andy yeah. Dalton is that bad. Like is this bad? Like I don't think he's. Good. I'm not saying like Andy Dalton is like a, a league winner or something but, like. I've seen Andy Dalton play a lot of football, and like I have a hard time believing he's like as bad as like the six, seven quarters mm-hmm. we've seen him play. Uh, maybe he just is. Maybe it's fallen off that quickly. But especially with these receivers, um, for it to to not be some turn into at least something we can use, we were all excited. Remember when he took over? I was like, this at least he'll keep this afloat. It's not going to be what we had with Dak, but it, it'll be usable. And it, and it hasn't been. No. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm still holding on to like, he, there's just no way he can be like this bad, right? Like he can't be this bad, right? Like it's, that's why I keep, that's <laughs> what I keep looking at that total in that game. It's like, why aren't we talking about that game? And it's because we, we just have no reason to trust them outside of what he's done historically, which may, which should be enough, honestly. But yeah. Well, we it's, it's easily, bad. it's easily one of the most laughable coaching staffs too in the league, <laughs> oh, which yeah. gives us no faith uh, on both sides of the ball. I mean, Mike Nolan is like the he's like the the fantasy football gift of this season. Like bringing Mike Nolan out of retirement because he hasn't been in the NFL for multiple years, and bringing him in to be your defensive coordinator, uh, like that has just played out in spades to be just like a gift to us because they're they're awful and they've had some injuries, but you know they do get a woozy back this week, but they lost Trayvon Diggs uh, for multiple weeks. Um, but man, they, that team is, is just so bad on both sides of the ball from a coaching perspective. Um, you know, even that game, you go back to the Steelers game, not to make it get away from DFS, but how do you not just QB sneak it on that for the win the game? Like you're two and 16. How do you not just go win the game? Yeah. You're a 14 point underdog. You're not supposed to win. Like Mike McCarthy is clown shoes. He made up a, a lie to get himself back into the, the NFL. Uh, <laughs> that he was some kind of analytics guru now. Um, and I'm sorry, Cowboys fans. I'm sorry. And uh, and more to your point, Dean, on the Vikings receivers. Uh, since Jefferson got inserted to the lineup in Week Three, we've seen Thielen still like Monday night, just living off of touchdowns while Jefferson is spiking in yards per route run. Um, Thielen has eleven end zone targets, ten red zone targets to Jefferson's one in that span in both categories. Not to live in the past again, but like, why was Jefferson not playing Week One? Was like, was it BB or Alabisi John? Who was getting run ahead of him? I did not understand what was going on there. They were playing him at the wrong position. <laughs> like I just don't understand. Yeah, uh, they moved um, him outside in Week Three and lift off. Yeah, he's he's been phenomenal. NFL, uh, NFL coaches, man. <laughs> 
NFL coaches. Yeah. I mean, I hate to be the guy that sits on my couch and says, like, I know more than these guys because I know I, I don't, but like, I feel like some things I'm like, or like, you understand this is how you use your timeouts. It's not very hard. This is how you, if, I played Madden if, before. If you watch the Jets Chargers game, I assure you, you're going to know more than those guys. <laughs> and, but the, the, one of the uh, questions of this podcast has basically been like, it can't be really that bad. This isn't really that bad. Don't be not really that bad. Uh, this is the segue to tight ends. It can't be really – well, maybe it can. No, but it's that bad. <laughs> no, yeah. The most expensive tight end on DK is Andrews. We talked about Taysom Smith at 4.5K on Fandle. We all seem to like that because it's super, super cheap. There is some upside, uh, and there's basically no opportunity cost because there's no good tight ends playing. At least the top tight ends aren't playing this week. But if you're going to have to pick somebody, Andrews at 4.9 is interesting, I guess, and the price is pretty fair. And, again, I've been sucked in that multiple times. Is there anybody else that's sort of anybody that's appealing here at Rebar at tight end? Yeah. I mean, appealing, no. Like, I've been on this train for a while. It's bad. I mean, I still think you can squint and tell yourself a story on a number of these guys, whether it be Hayden Hurst or Dallas Goddard still or Austin Hooper trying to throw out what happened on both sides of the ball, you know, that week. It's just literally, though, are you going to catch a touchdown, man? I mean, it's really – that's where we are. Are Is this guy going to score a touchdown? Because you can even say, like, Logan Thomas or – uh, I mean, all these guys just need a touchdown. It's it's not good. I mean, what what guy here has like what guy are you think has the highest odds to get you a hundred yard bonus? Is there it even possible any of these guys do it? <laughs> like fighting guys, like, like I, it's rough. It's 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 just yeah. a, it's a terrible position this year, and we do this every year. But th- the fact that Andrews is gone and like just got caught into this wake of terribleness in that offense, him and Marquise Brown. Uh, and living with Marquise Brown's volatility was one thing we could have done. But Andrews, because Andrews is playing so many more snaps than he did last year. And it's like all we said was like, this, this all this guy does is produce, like, wait till he gets opportunity. And he's been on the field so much more. And he's just been, like I said, caught in the wake of that offense, just not being as efficient as it was last year. And um, it, it sucks. He, he has the potential. He's, you're right. He is the one guy at 4-9 to say, like, this guy could catch multiple touchdowns and get 100 yards. Because uh, I don't think that there is another guy on there that even has like close odds uh, uh, that you could say that about. Cambrate was the tight end four in week nine or week 10 because of touchdown. Pharaoh Brown was the tight end seven because of a touchdown. Durham Smythe caught two passes for nine yards. Doesn't matter. Tight end 11 because of a touchdown. That's all it takes. So that's why you're playing Taysom Hill and taking those eight carries and calling it a day. Yeah. I mean, the chat's talking about Taysom Hill is going to flop so hard. He might. There's a chance he puts up like three points. Like Every tight end flops. doesn't matter. Yeah, but like all, half the other guys are going to put up like three to five points. Listen, so. as, as Pete Overset would say, if Taysom Hill only has three points, you did not understand the antithesis behind the play. <laughs> did you say Pete Overset? Because I happen to have a man's coin, a real live man's coin right next to me. So how about that? There you go. He's saying yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the point, though. With no Travis Kelsey on this slate. There's no, no person you're scared of having fl- to, to, to like busting at the position. That's the, that's the whole point is you look at, there's no Kelsey, yeah. there's no Waller. So you have Mark Andrews is really the only threat to like that, that, that even has like, even like really odds to get the 20 plus points. Like I would like say, are, I, I mean, I, so, you're, so you don't care. You, you're, you're, you're looking at the field and you're saying, all right, if I play Taysom Hill and he sucks, how am I getting buried? And like, who is burying you? Who is there yeah. if you do that? Yeah. Like somebody's exactly. going to score more than 13th. I don't know who it's going to be. Somebody's sure. going to – and it might be the, uh, 
Who was the guy you mentioned? Not Schultz, but some other guy that his name sounded like that. <laughs> Mo Ali Cox? No, no. There was a person oh. that scored a touchdown. Like, oh, last I definitely week. want to play Mo Ali Cox, though, if he's if, yeah. if if like those guys are out. Oh, it's so bad. I'm just I'm just playing a tight end with my game stacks. That's that's typically even what the I guys do. we have told ourselves that we think are good. Like Hawkinson, like everyone just every time I bring up tight ends, like well, Hawkinson's been awesome. It's like, yeah, he's been usable in the context of tight ends, but look at like his overall scoring and the way it plays up to fantasy. Like he's not doing anything impressive. He's he's like the Todd Gurley of tight ends. He gets fifty yards and he catches a touchdown. Uh, like there's like these guys that we're just happy to have, like Noah Fant. Like it's we're happy to have them because it's a guy we don't have to rotate every week. It's not like they're doing anything amazing, though, for our lineups. Like, they're not altering the course of our fantasy teams. They're even, just guys that are getting there in the context of position. Even citing, like, their routes run, it doesn't even matter. These guys are running routes, and they're not doing anything. So, it's a disaster. Play you want. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and, and, yeah, <laughs> their small cast apparently is on Hunter Henry, for what it's worth. Uh, the chat's telling us. And, yeah, I mean, sure, against the Jets, he's certainly he's fine. Hurst is fine at 4-4 four as a run back, especially – if you're playing New Orleans guys, uh, Gusecki's a guy who can, in theory, get loose, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we, we might get uh, Ertz back, so that's one more guy. It's not going to catch a touchdown. Oh, God. So, uh, whatever, man. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's I want to finish strong on this show. I think I feel like it was a good show, but that's it. Like, what else? We're done. The order goes tight end, and then, and then we, we go. We say holler, and we, we tell the people where they can find us on Twitter and all that, but uh, they go, if you got anything to finish strong, by all means. But otherwise, you know, tell them where they can find you. Of course, they're all following on Twitter. But by all means, tell them where you, they can find you on Twitter anyway. Uh, content, all the good stuff. My final note is if Zach Ertz is active, do not play him. And you can find <laughs> me at not Jay Daigle for more information like that. Uh, Rotoworld.com. And, of course, as always, here on Wednesdays with my buddies. And then next Wednesday, apparently, too, as we get ready for Thanksgiving, we will still be here. Yeah, Zach Ertz, unplayable at 3.7K on DK. What a world. Uh, What what do you have, Mary Tell tell the people where they can find you. SharpFootballAnalysis.com. It happens to be a free week this week at SharpFootballAnalysis.com, so go there uh, and do whatever you want. Not only is my stuff free, which you probably don't care about because you listen to me here, um, but they, you know, we have a, uh, a couple tools you can use on the site for free. And all of Warren's picks this week are on the free site, too. The entire site is open. And uh, Mr. Sharp has been fire this year, man. He's hitting like 70% uh, for everyone that's got subs. So come in this week and, and just follow his picks and bet some money. Yeah, he's a sharp dude for sure. And, and our, our producer, Devin's telling us that Evan Ingram's another tight end we didn't even talk about that's not playing this week. So, And he's been one of the most reliable tight ends on Sources the season. Say he's a tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, he's gonna pay that. Uh, all right, we gotta go. We gotta step aside. We much appreciate you guys watching the NFL Pick Six show. Devin's gonna go ahead and drop the final links for us. We should have mentioned at some point, but like you should be playing the FanDuel single entry series sponsored by Rotor Riders. Best single entry contest to play there on FanDuel. The core four get yourself five dollars off premium. Uh, yeah, basketball right around the corner. Basketball draft going down tonight. You can get all the good stuff. Uh, on RG. We didn't get a chance to show off all our tools. We don't do that in the show, unfortunately, but lots of fun tools. We want to build 150 lineups. We help you make that happen very, very easily. All right, we got to go. That was Rich Rebar. That was John Daigle. I was Dean. This was football. We're out of here. Holler. Mm-hmm.